Hi, I'm Bill the Counselor. Welcome to The Gentle Podcast, a place to learn new skills to repair wounded relationships and enrich great relationships. I'm a licensed professional counselor with over 40 years experience as a counselor and over 40 years experience being married. If you want to learn how to repair broken relationships, recover from damaging relationships, build new healthy relationships, or to enrich an existing relationship, this is the podcast for you. Hello, this is Bill the Counselor here for another episode of The Gentle Podcast, the place to uh, make your relationships a whole lot healthier, or at least to, to get some education uh, and some tips and coaching on how to do that. Today, I'm going to be talking about a process uh, called reactivity. Most of you may be old enough out there to remember Three Mile Island. Remember that? And they thought uh, the nuclear reactor was going to melt down. Or if you're younger, maybe you remember the one in Japan where uh, it began to melt down and they had to use seawater to cool it off. Nobody's going to live there for a very long time because it became very toxic. And the kind of toxicity that uh, the reactivity uh, that we're going to talk about today, emotional reactivity and relationship, pretty much just as toxic. Uh, it routinely kills relationships and blows up families. Now, what do we mean by emotional reactivity? Well, it's basic cognitive behavior stuff, which uh, states that negative thoughts usually turn into negative emotions rather quickly. And a negative thought and a negative emotion will probably result in a negative behavior or a reaction, a behavioral reaction. That process of negativity is always toxic. It never does you any good. But it happens all the time in relationships. That's because most people, unfortunately, uh, allow emotions to dominate their life. They allow the emotion to make decisions on how they're going to behave. And if it's a negative emotion, as I said, it's probably going to be a negative behavior. What should really happen, the cure, if you will, what we try to help people with in CBT, is how to pay more attention to their thinking. Because if it's the thinking that creates the emotion, that's where we want to pay attention. Changing that negative thought, altering that, monitoring our negative thoughts so that they don't become negative emotions. Or if they do become negative emotions, we send that emotion back to our thinking to do some good critical analysis. And then we let our head, our thinking, make our choice in a behavior. And when you do it that way, it becomes a response instead of a reaction. Well, only takes two people for the reactive process to begin. Uh, we talked about in a previous episode uh, the, the phenomenon called the return in kind. You know, if I have a negative thought about you, a negative emotion, and then maybe behaviorally I just attack you relationally, maybe I insult you, what's going to happen? Well, you're probably going to return in kind. And then it's off and running. And if you are familiar with your own family, uh, you know that that happens 
probably quite a bit in your household. So when you have two people, you're, you may have some reactive process going on. And if two people react like in your home, uh, everybody else seems to fall down like dominoes. Does that happen at your house? I, had two so- I have two sons, and uh, I remember that uh, uh, when they would begin to react to each other and mix it up, boy, the tension in the household just got ratcheted up. And it very well could end up in a disagreement about what to do or how to handle that situation than between their mother and I. You're probably familiar with that stuff, right? Yeah. And that reactive process, um, what does it do over time? Yeah. It becomes deeper. It's almost like your uh, personal relationships, they're like a beautiful mosaic floor. It's gorgeous. But anytime anyone reacts in the household, you're throwing trash on the floor. But nobody's paying attention to the trash. Well, after a few years, how, however many years, you can't see the floor anymore. You're pretty sure the, the mosaic's still under there, but you can't see it, and it's getting pretty smelly. It's waist deep. It's pretty miserable. That, that process hurts people hurts families. We have to remember, though, you know, you've been doing that. It's a habit. It's a learned habit. And we learn it in early childhood, as we discussed in the last episode. And we've been doing it millions and millions of times since childhood. So it's not always an easy thing to change, this reactive process. But it's the engine if you will, that drives all of the problems. It really doesn't matter what you uh, react about. It doesn't matter what the topic is, whether it's money or undisciplined children or in-laws or work or somebody having too many beers. It really doesn't matter. What really matters is this underlying engine of emotional reactivity. It's important if you want to improve your relationships, to take a look at yourself and to check to see if you are emotionally reactive in any particular situation. And then try to get a hold of that. Try to alter that. There's no guarantee that the other person will do that. But once again, your best chance of changing the people around you in the way they are in relationship is first to change yourself. Where is this all? How does this all work? You know, why does it work that way? You know, why do people become reactive that way? Well, here's how I explain it. This is this is I'm no neuroscientist, but uh, here's how I understand it. So here's how I'll explain it to you. I kind of think that people, human beings, have like three different brains, if you will. The one brain I call the alligator brain. That's the super reactive one. Uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't discern anything. It, it just snaps. Uh, it, it just does what it does. It's very, very reactive. You know, like you're standing in front of the alligator with a chicken leg, right? The alligator doesn't come up and look at the chicken leg and say, well, I'm just going to snap at the chicken leg. The alligator snaps at your whole arm. It's not differentiating between the chicken leg and your hand. Not a very good idea to do. 
Uh, have you ever had that experience with somebody you love? Say something innocently or even hold out a, like, a, uh, like a peace offering and get your hand snapped off? But you have. That's that part of our brain that is highly reactive. And it's, it's not a bad thing. Reactivity, again, is not a bad thing. If you're on a soccer field and a you know soccer ball comes flying at your face at you know a thousand miles an hour, I I hope you put your head down so it hits the top of your head instead of smashing you in the nose. So it's not bad to have reactivity. It kept us alive for human beings, uh, human species kept us alive for how many hundreds of thousands or even millions of years. Uh, uh, that reactivity helps preserve our life and keep us safe. But we really don't need that level of reactivity, right? In a relationship with someone we love, it's a little bit of overkill that we, when we get reactive. Then the, the second brain I'd like to talk about, I'll call it the mammal brain. This is, this is the brain that is all about emotion and feeling and empathy and care. This is the, the mama bear or the papa bear brain wanting to protect uh, the little innocence. Yeah? That's where all our emotions and our empathy live, is in that part of our brain. Now, that, that brain can get activated. It can get activated uh, if there's a threat of something uh, to, to uh, uh, something we love. And then we call upon the alligator to step up and handle that. And then there's the other, the last brain I would, I would call it the evolved brain. This is the brain that uh, is in your critical thinking. And unfortunately, you know, many people don't use this brain very much. They may use it when they're uh, like um, uh, balancing their checkbook if they do that. But they don't, they don't usually uh, overuse this part of their brain very much, critical thinking. So, you know, the, the model I gave you there, the thinking, the emotion, and the behavior, right? See how that can uh, uh, start with the thinking or, or the emotion. Uh, the alligator brain, right? The mammal brain and the evolved brain. How do they work together? Which one do you usually have on top? With certain people, I'll admit. I got the alligator. The alligator's right there. He's raring to go. He's chomping at the bit uh, with certain kinds of people, and I have to work very hard at that uh, to change that. I want to be relating to everyone in my life with the evolved brain. Certainly, I make use of the mammal brain for empathy and sympathy and care. I may even take advantage and use the alligator brain sometime. Uh, if I need to protect myself in some way, when things get uh, maybe physical or real rough. So, you know, this is reactivity. It gets toxic. And over time, it builds up in relationships. Well, I, I talk to a lot of people who come to see me, you know, uh, couples. They say, I, I want it the way it used to be, Bill, in the beginning. I would like our relationship to go back to that sweet, loving relationship where everything was responsive. We were tripping over each other to serve each other and to take care of each other. But now, all we ever are to each other are alligators. 
And if you have children in the house, you know, they learn this process. We learn it. We learn it right from the beginning. It's a habit of early childhood. Uh, as we said in the last episode, how we're raised, what did we learn? And if we learn to be uh, alligators and be reactive people, uh, we'll probably keep carrying that out. So why does it happen so much, uh, you know, with our family? Well, there's some really good theories on that. Uh, there's, there's, a, there's a fellow by the name of David Schnarch. He wrote a wonderful book called uh, Passionate Marriage. And he, he seems to indicate in there one of the reasons why we get so reactive with the people we love is because we have so much invested in them. Uh, as a matter of fact, we're going to be talking about that subject, that investment and that attachment in the next episode that we do. So, um, you know, that's, that's the reactive process that we need to learn to start managing in our lives if we want to become more secure, serene, and satisfied. Now, the, uh, the damage uh, that reactivity or consistent reactivity does is, is uh, it becomes such a habit um, that, that uh, two, two different kinds of things can, well, very similar things actually, is one is enmeshment. And what we counselors mean by enmeshment is that uh, both people are just really tightly bound together. No one can have uh, any kind of emotion or thought without the other person or persons in the house um, reacting to it. It's just this, enmeshment is just this constant reactivity, and it becomes very tight. And what, what I mean by that is hard to break up, not easy to change. It, it becomes an entrenched way of interacting. Uh, I guess the saying, you know, you can't live with them, can't live without them, that, that's, that's enmeshment, yeah. And, and the, the other thing that we often talk about, we counselors, is called codependence. And uh, codependence basically means I need you to keep being sick so that I can keep being sick. And then we'll be sick together, and we'll call this love. <laughs> happy relationship. So those uh, those outcomes, enmeshment, codependence, you know, they're they're tough because the longer it goes on, the more the, the more deep that habit becomes, and it's harder to stop. That's why you see people who break up and they start a new relationship, and and it they do the same thing over again. Both both of the new partners just have this such a strong habit of reactivity that they just re-enmesh with the new person, become new codependents of each other. So, you know, how, how, do, we, how do we begin to, to change this? You know, that uh, reactivity becomes very competitive. Um, you know, people, people throwing punches at each other, if not literally, sometimes that happens, unfortunately, but they throw verbal punches at each other. And it's very competitive. There's just this sense of win-loss. You know, I can't lose this argument. That's a very, uh, very cultural thing, especially here in the United States. We don't like to lose, do we? So we, we compete and in the beginning of a relationship, like a romantic relationship, the competition is lovely. 
you're both competing, you know, hey, schmoopy, hey, honey pie. You, know, you hung up. No, you hang up. I love you. I love you more. No, I love you more. And we compete with each other in a positive way. But over time, that habit of emotional reactivity that's negative creeps in and it becomes a win-loss relationship. Well, you know, in order to repair that in, in couples counseling, what I always strive to do is to try to help the couple get back on the page of uh, an attitude of win-win in their relationship. You know, win-win, so that they can begin to cooperate now in competition instead of fight against each other in competition. So, you know, what, what, how do we fix it? You know, what's the fix here? Well, the first thing is you know, admitting that you have the problem. And I use the word you in there. <laughs> you know, admit that you have a reactive problem, that you tend to have negative thoughts about the people in your life, and you allow those negative thoughts to become negative emotions, which translates then into negative behavior. Then you deliver those negative behaviors in a win-loss kind of attitude. And boy, that will spark up the other person's win-loss attitude as well. And then, as I said before, you're off to the races with your arguments. And um, you're not going to solve anything that way. If there's a problem in there, it's not going to get any solution. You're just going to keep going round and round and round. So admitting to your own reactivity, learning how to monitor your thoughts, pay attention to your negative thoughts, especially when you're in context with whoever. Pay attention. Are you having a negative thought? Because if you don't pay attention to the negative thought, again, quicker than you can blink, it's going to turn into a negative emotion. Then it's very hard to resist any negative behavior coming out of that. So we have to uh, put the emotion, see, in the right place. Instead of putting the emotion on top, dictating what we're going to do, we use emotion to give us some information so that we can critically think about what's going on. For, exa let's, for example, let's, let's say I, uh, I have a negative thought I'm unaware of about you, and I become angry. I've, and I, I note that emotion. I thought, wow, what am I angry about? I go back and think about it. Oh, I'm angry because this person just uh, insulted me. I feel insulted. You know, what do I do with that? Do I, th I don't want to throw out the thought. You know, anger is not a bad thing. Anger is there to tell you something's wrong. You know, just the anger tells me, hey, this person just slighted me. This person just insulted me. You know? What do I do now? Well, I could go over and punch him in the nose, I guess. Hmm. Or maybe I back up a little bit and think critically about it. And I think, well, maybe I misunderstood what they said. Ah, then that allows me to move forward and respond to the person saying, can you tell me what you meant by that? Can you help me understand? Could you say that in a different way? And then hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, I was wrong. And I'm not going to get all bent out of shape and punch them in the nose because that won't go anywhere positive, right? So we need to put the emotion in the right place, not on top, not leading the behavior. 
we want to put critical thinking on top. And once we do that, you know, we're in a position where we can uh, uh, move on to specific interactive skills, which we'll be talking about in other episodes. Interactive skills like how to respond, how to respond in such a way that you do not uh, inflame the other person, that you don't react to them, that you don't return in kind if they're being mean or they're being uh, aggressive towards you. Yeah, we'll be talking about that into the future. Uh, when we get to the skills portion uh, you know, of, uh, of this podcast, which I hope is you know, going to go on for many, many episodes, uh, and uh, the next time uh, we get together, I think uh, we'll be talking about something that we call differentiation. It's really important concept in relationship, all relationship. Once again, not just couple relationship, but parent, child, friends, uh, other family members, uh, even colleagues. It's a very important, uh, very important concept um, that we'll be covering, and it has a lot to do with autonomy and intimacy and balancing the two, balancing autonomy and intimacy. So my little assignment for you, uh, until we talk again, would be for you to pay attention to your thinking when you're in context with other people in your life. Just be very, be very observant of yourself. Step outside of yourself and think about how you're thinking. Now, you might, your first clue that you're having a negative thought might be a negative emotion. But if you have that negative emotion, backtrack and go look, look for the thought that caused the emotion. Do that in different contexts with different people. And when you have a negative thought and you recognize it, say, you know, in your head, or you could even say it out loud, well, there's a negative thought. And in that way, you're slowing down the process, you see. We need to slow down the process of a negative thought to a negative emotion to a negative behavior. Because if we can't slow it down enough, we'll never be able to grab a hold of it. We'll never be able to change it. And uh, in the next episode, we'll be talking about, you know, how do you do that? What do you do with a negative thought uh, when you have one? Do, do you always have to act on it? Do you always have to entertain it? Can you file it? Can you use it? What do you do? And we'll be talking about that the next time. Uh, I'd like to mention uh, a couple of things to listeners. First one is um, you can get lots more information about me and what I do uh, on my website, which is gentling.org. And then, of course, on my professional Facebook page, Gentling, there's lots and lots of resources on my Facebook page. Just uh, poke around there. You'll see video. You'll see uh, audio. You'll, you'll see articles. You'll see all kinds of resources. And uh, something I have interesting in the works, I believe, is um, uh, I may be going uh, or be have uh, maybe let's let's speak straight here, Bill. Uh, uh, I may be developing a, a Zoom meeting or uh, exercise that I'm calling uh, a virtual dojo. It would be a place to go uh, to exercise with other people, uh, kind of like in a dojo. You know, practice the skills that we're teaching here on the podcast. So you could interact with other people. I would be there 
for coaching and some personal attention for you. Probably going to limit the number of people attending to about 10 or so, something like that. But you can find out that information or t- take a look at the details of that uh, there on my Facebook page. Uh, again, gentling. And until then, uh, thank you for listening today. Uh, thanks for tuning in again. I really appreciate it. And uh, hope to see you for the next episode. Bye now. Thank you.